Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Oh, man, I just saw some horrible news. Apparently, Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX guy, only has $100,000 left. (laughs) He's like the real-world example of that joke, you know, where you ask someone, like, you know, that's rich and say, what would you do if you had $100,000 in your bank account? And he's like, I'd wonder where the rest of my money was. Ah, poor Sam, poor SBF. All right, welcome everyone to the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. I am the aforementioned host, Tyler Crawley, and this is this is the big week. We have a lot going on, and I think actually today may be, well, obviously yesterday there wasn't a lot going on, um, but it like slowly builds, um, or I should say, um, no, that's actually not right, that's... <laughs> Throw that analogy out there because it actually peaks today with regards to data reports um, coming out. Uh, We have six, six reports that we are going to be keeping an eye on today and trying to figure out what we're going to be talking about on tomorrow's show. But we'll worry about that at a later date. A lot to get to today. We got a change to the conforming loan limit. That is obviously a big deal. We got the latest Case Shiller report for September. Not surprisingly, home price growth continuing to slow. Uh, and then, of course, consumer confidence. So let's start with probably the most important one for the housing industry and definitely the mortgage industry. That would be the conforming loan limit. So just a reminder, of course, conforming loan limit that is set by the Federal Housing Finance Agency. And it is the amount that um, a loan that can be sold to either Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, uh, there is a maximum amount. Uh, Other than that, it goes to Jumbo. So there's a maximum amount. And it's an important number because, right, I mean, normally under normal conditions, it's kind of funny because a lot of the reports I was reading, they were talking about how in some cases a Jumbo may actually have better pricing because a lot of banks out there are looking to uh, appease or try to you know maybe steal away or just hold on to wealthy clients, and so they're willing to offer them pretty good products uh, that they may even you know hold themselves. Uh, that's normally what they're doing, um, and they're willing to do that. And so they'll they're willing to offer a extremely good rate because normally the best rate that exists out there is going to be a conforming loan. That's going to be if you have you know good credit score, you know you put twenty percent down, and perfect. The best rate is going to be a conforming loan, assuming we're not talking about, you know, individual products that some industries, you know, some some banks or whoever may have. That's going to be the best product out there. And that's normally the gold standard when it comes to mortgage loans. And so for a long time, you know, you you wanted to stay under that jumbo amount. You wanted to be one of those loans that was going to get sold to Fannie or Freddie because that's the gold standard. That's the product that, that every lender wants to be able to uh, originate. And so it's a big deal. And it, because of how much home price growth we have seen over these last really almost three years, 
that limit has skyrocketed. <laughs> I mean, it really has. Uh, and another, this is the second year in a row that we have seen a double digit increase to the conforming loan limit. And by double digits, I mean percentage wise. So in most of the United States, the 2023 conforming loan limit value for one unit properties will be $726,200. That is a 10.8% increase, $79,000 from the 2022 conforming loan limit of $647,200. But here is the just, well, there's actually two more amazing stats. This is one of them. The conforming loan limit is now 42.3% higher than at the start of the pandemic. In 2020, the conforming loan limit was $510,400. So in 2021, 2022, and now 2023, we have seen the, the conforming loan limit jump 42%. And just to refresh your memory, the conforming loan limit didn't move for the first couple years after the housing crisis because home prices just were not appreciating. I mean, because that's what it's tied to. It's not just like some number they make up every year. It's based on you know their analysis of what is happening with home price appreciation. And we have just seen so much appreciation. Um, these bigger loan limits were necessary. I mean, like, here's a great example. So I looked this up before the podcast. The median existing home price in the entire West Coast region is $588,400. The entire, I mean, so if you just think like what it is in California, I mean, in California, it's probably pretty close to the former conforming loan limit. That's the median price which means there are a lot of homes <laughs> that are over that number. And so you find yourself in a situation where you're going to have parts of the country who have just seen this epic home price appreciation, or even if they haven't, just because the home prices were already elevated, there was, there was you, you were going to see conforming loans kind of go to the wayside unless people could just put a massive amount of money down to get that loan under that conforming limit. But here's the other just incredible statistics. So in areas that are high cost, so places like California and in other places, that limit is allowed to increase. It's it's allowed to be higher because of the fact that we're talking about an area where all the homes are above the conforming loan limit. So we're talking about places like San Francisco. We're talking about you know, Beverly Hills, uh, you know, New York City. I mean, I, I even looked it up. Uh, my former, former, long time ago, uh, place I grew up, Montgomery County, Maryland, a lot of crazy money up there. It was one of the areas that was a high cost area. The high cost area conforming loan limit, $1.089 million. <laughs> so, the, so the government of the United States is now essentially backing million dollar homes. It's just, I mean, that number is just going to throw a lot of people off. And I include the link to the map that shows you all the high cost areas. So if you want to check them out, of course, you can always go to the website, marketsandmortgages.com, or if you're lucky enough to get the companion newsletter, it is in there as well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, when, when you have an area of the country 
where the median existing home price is $588,000. You're going to have to have the conforming loan limit um, a certain level above that. <laughs> That's just the reality of the situation. I would say based on projections from what we've seen about what's going to happen with home prices and the fact that we're already seeing, we'll talk about this in a second, um, you know, home prices falling month over month. I would bet in 2023 that we're not going to see any increase. If it is, it's going to be tiny, but more than likely, no, zero increase. So three years, three years, we saw that number jump 42.3%. And we met, we may now see a year where there is no increase. And why would that happen? Because of what is happening with home prices. True, they are still growing year over year, but month over month, that is not the case. And the year over year growth numbers are slowing. This according to the latest data from the Case-Shiller Index looking at the month of September. So remember, Case-Shiller is like three months behind. So, I mean, we've seen the epic slowdown that's happened in the fall. We're still talking about September. So in September, year over year, the S&P, CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, U.S. National Home Price, NSA Index reported a 10.6% annual gain in September that is down from 13% in August. And home prices, they fell for the third month in a row, a 1% dip month over month. That was actually down slightly from August that saw a 1.1% drop. And the slowdown is actually happening faster than expected. Economists projected the 20 city at composite index would fall to 10.8%. It actually fell to 10.4% from 13.1% in August. So the slowdown is, well, obviously it's happening, but it's actually happening faster than many economists even project. And this just gives you an idea of how much it is slowing down. So there are still metro areas that are seeing pretty impressive year-over-year growth, but those numbers are starting to dwindle. And in fact, there are now only two metro areas in this country that are still seeing over 20% year-over-year growth. And yeah, of course, they're both in Florida, (laughs) Miami, taking the top spot with 24.6% year-over-year growth, followed very closely, I might add, by Tampa, up 23.8%. And then after that, no one's at 20%. Uh, Coming in at number three, 17.8%, the city of Charlotte. So Charlotte, still seeing some impressive growth year-over-year, but it's kind of amazing that now only two metro areas are seeing above 20% growth. The last report for August, five. So pretty big drop from just, or happening in just one month. It'll be interesting to see how long Miami and Tampa can stay above that 20% threshold. And speaking of staying above a threshold, uh, San Francisco, they know, you know, one of the high cost areas, they note in this report, is now only seeing 2.3% year-over-year growth. I mean, only, I mean, you know, anytime you see positive growth is something that should be, people should be happy about. But it's it's only at 2.3%. I do wonder if the next report, if we're going to see San Francisco give us the first negative year-over-year number. 
And that would be that. I don't know. Maybe it'll take two. You know, we're seeing about one percent drop, but you know, obviously in San Francisco, it's happening faster, so it could happen. But San Francisco is now only seeing two point three percent year over year over year growth. Could they go negative in October? We will find out in one month's time. As we begin the new year, we'll be talking about this at the end of December, the beginning of January. Craig Lazara, managing director at SMP DJI, said as rates continue to rise, prices will continue to weaken. That makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. Saying, quote, as the Federal Reserve continues to move interest rates higher, mortgage financing continues to be more expensive and housing becomes less affordable given the continuing prospects for a challenging macroeconomic environment. Home prices may well continue to weaken. Lazara also mentioned the continued strength of where do you think the South? Duh. The Southeast was up 20.8% year over year. The South up 19.9% year over year. The strongest regions by far. In fact, their gains are more than double those of all the other regions, Northeast, Midwest, and the West. And it's crazy too, because I, I always say this, as someone who's working in the mortgage industry in the South, I mean, it's it's slowed down. I mean, there's still activity. I mean, it's, it, it's actually not as dire as some in the press would have you believe. But remember, we're seeing like double the activity of other regions. And you're, it's definitely slower, but I can't even imagine like what is happening in in these other regions because I can see the the slowdown that's happening here and they're like twice as bad. So I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is is happening with people in those regions. Um all right, before we run out of time, I did want to get into consumer confidence, obviously an always important statistic. And for the second month in a row, consumer confidence fell. This, of course, for the month of November. But the silver lining, if you are looking for one, it didn't fall as much as expected. So consumer confidence fell to 100.2. So we're still above the 100 threshold. However, that is down 100. That is down two points. There we go. I was was about to say 2.2 points. That's not true. Because in October, it was 102.2. Consumer confidence is down 8.5% when compared to November 2021. And as I mentioned, the silver lining just barely. Uh, Economists thought it was going to fall to 100. (laughs) So 0.2 points better than was expected. And expectations continue to be the bigger concern than present situation. They both fell, but you know, future expectations by more. The present situation index fell 1.3 points to 137.4 and the expectations index fell 2.5 points to 75.4. I mean, that's that's crazy that it is down. What is that 60 60 point difference between current and expectations. Uh, And then speaking of expectations, not good news, inflation expectations increased to their highest level since July with both gas and food prices as the main culprits and intentions to purchase homes, automobiles, and big ticket appliances all cooled. 
unfortunately. Don't see that Holmes thing. Uh, Lynn Franco, Senior Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board, said that the survey is showing signs of a recession. It's fun. Nice that someone's saying that. It's this debate about whether or not... I'll tell you, the debate about whether or not we're going to go into a recession is, is very interesting. Because there are some very smart people who are like, we may not go into one. Uh, but here's what Lynn Franco said. The present situation index moderated further and continues to suggest the economy has lost momentum as the year winds down. Consumer expectations regarding the short-term outlook remain gloomy. Indeed, the expectations index is r- below a reading of 80 which suggests the likelihood of a recession remains elevated. But the debate does continue about whether or not we will see a recession or not. All right, so we got through three reports today. And actually, the, the conforming loan limit was, was kind of a surprise. I thought we were just going to be talking about two. Maybe we talk about the um, FHFA home price index. We didn't even have time to get to that one. And I really am going to have to figure out which reports we're going to talk about tomorrow or the show's going to be like a half an hour. Because remember, tomorrow, today, today, the show is coming out on Wednesday. (laughs) We have mortgage demand and rates at 7 a.m. At 8.15, we got ADP's private payroll projecting to show 200,000 jobs created in November. 8.30, we got Q3 GDP growth rates, second estimate Expected to be a little higher, 2.7%. Maybe we can skip that one because we've already talked about GDP. Uh, 10 a.m., we got job openings. The JOLTS report expected to show a drop to 10.3 million. That's a big report. And then at 10 a.m., we also have pending home sales projected to fall 5%. And then at 2 o'clock, we got the Fed Beige book. So I'm going to guess we're probably going to talk job openings, ADP, mortgage demand and pending home sales. So we may have to skip um, GDP and beige book. I think that's what we're going to go for. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Like the beige book has something like amazing in it about housing. Then maybe we'll talk about it, but I think that's what we're going to go for on tomorrow's show. <laughs> it's busy. There's a lot of stuff that is happening today. And then, of course, Thursday, we got PCE. And then, of course, non-farm payroll on Friday. So prepare yourself. Brace yourself. A lot more happening this week. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll talk to you again Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.